You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Did you know that we all have a financial thermostat? Most people have set their thermostat unconsciously. The level it's set at determines the amount of money they will earn and hold on to. The only way to create substantial wealth is to set your thermostat to a new, higher level. Hey, hello, and welcome once again to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm your host, Louis DiBianco, and I'm excited to tell you that our sponsor today is Audible, a service that will enrich your enjoyment of learning by listening. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power where you can download a free audio book of your choice from 180,000 titles as well as enjoy one month of Audible service absolutely free. That is www.audible.com T-R-I-A-L dot com forward slash story power. And of course, I have created a free gift for you, which is called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life in Business. It's a free ebook that you will find at changeyourstorypodcast.com. Today's guest is a woman whose financial thermostat was set at a comfortable six figures per year in income. Today, it's set at six figures per month. She was a high school guidance counselor for 21 years. She awakened her passion for health and wellness, and that drove her to become one of the top five income earners in her current network marketing company. She's a certified health coach, who has inspired thousands of people to transform their lives over the past four years. She's also an astute real estate investor and the owner of her own fitness studio in Hoboken, New Jersey. She's been honored with numerous awards by her network marketing company, Top 5 Overall Income Earner, Woman of the Year 2015, Top Business Builder, Top 4 Overall Fastest Growing Business 2015, and Number 4 Top Platinum Business Builder for January 2016. And without going into many details, just know that platinum is a lot of money. In the last seven years, she has helped more than seven people on her team to become millionaires and many others to earn six figures per year. She is creating a charity for underprivileged teens, and she has helped to build a school in Africa through an initiative called Pencils of Promise. Her vision today is the same as it was before her enormous success. 
It's to empower men and women to take control of their health and live their best lives and grow as spiritual individuals. Her name is Alexis Romano. I am excited and I'm also proud to say that I have gotten to know Alexis. We are part of the same network marketing company and I am so grateful that she took time out of her busy day to share her insights with you today. Alexis, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Lewis. I greatly appreciate being able to participate in this podcast. Well, it is really, really my joy and pleasure, and I'm sure our listeners as well. Now, I always love to ask this question from, you know, of, of people who have achieved something in life that they never dreamed of when they were younger. Did you have a childhood dream of what you wanted to be when you grew up? Absolutely. And it was nothing of <laughs> what I uh, actually do now. <laughs> um, I wanted to be a rockette, Lewis. I wanted to be a dancer. Wow. And <laughs> did. so did you did you pursue it at all? Well, I did dance up until college, um, but uh, never pursued becoming a rockette because I just assumed that my legs were too short and so was my body. <laughs> well, you know what? It's a good thing you didn't go that route because <laughs> um, you'd be part of a gorgeous line of people, but you wouldn't stand out the way you do today. <laughs> this is true. You went from being an employee to an entrepreneur. Some people don't realize how big a step that is internally. How did you choose your first career, the employee career, in the school system? That's a great question. Uh, when I went to college, I actually had no idea what I really wanted to do. And at first, I was a business major. Uh, and then I switched um, from a business major to an English major um, with the secondary certification in education. So I decided I was going to be a teacher. You know, it's interesting. I, I always learn something new about people on my podcast, even if I've known them for years. I didn't know that you were an English major. How far did you go with that? Did you get a, a bachelor's? I did. I got a bachelor's um, with an English major and then my certification in secondary education. Now, did you know that I have um, a master's degree in English literature? I did not. There you go. We both learned something. <laughs> you had studied to be a teacher, but you didn't become a teacher, right? You became a guidance counselor. Well, actually, I taught English for seven years, and then I went back to school to get my master's in counseling. Ah. Now, what level did you teach English? High school. I was always in high school. Okay. What did you like most about that kind of work, and what did you like least about it? Well, I mean, that's easy for me. The, what I liked most um, was working with teens. Uh, I just loved watching them grow and, you know, become their own individual um, kind of, you know, person. Uh, that was just a joy for me to watch and work with. What I liked least <laughs> was the politics of education. Wow. You know, you know what's blowing my mind, Alexis? You and I have had a similar journey. Do you know that I was a teacher in several universities, and what I loved most was working with the students, and what I absolutely detested was the politics. Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> this is fantastic. I know, I know. You know what we're going to find out by the end of this call? We're related? That we're, that we're probably first, yeah, we're first cousins. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so when you transitioned in from teaching to, um, I would love to know this. Did you enjoy teaching or being a guidance counselor more? Um, I actually enjoyed both. Um, I was always in an inner city school, so it was easy to get burnt out uh, in the classroom. And I felt as though I was be- really counseling students within my classroom. So that's what made me go back. Very, very interesting. And then, how did you discover network marketing? Well, I discovered network marketing um, about nine years ago, but didn't really know what network marketing was. Um, I went back again to school. I was always a forever student (laughs) Um, to become a certified health coach. And so I went to a school um, in the city, in New York City, uh, when it was a live program, and I became a certified health coach. And when that happened, um, I was approached by a friend of mine who told me about these amazing products and told me that you know could, I could couple it with with my health coaching practice, which I actually didn't even have. I didn't even start yet. Um, and I basically started using the products, and she was explaining to me about a business, and I still wasn't quite sure um, what what it was. And it just didn't last very long. Uh, so I never really pursued um, the way I, that I am now. Uh, so after that, I was actually exposed to products again. But more so, it was the results of products from an old vice principal of mine when I was uh, a high school counselor in Union, New Jersey. And he came back from summer vacation, looked completely different. And so being the health nut that I am, always looking for the next best thing. Um, I asked him what he was doing, and he told me it was a, uh, you know, the specific program, and I believed in what he was doing. I did my own research, and I just kind of jumped on board with the products. I was just really a product consumer. I would love to know, because it's always fascinating, how the transition happened from being just a product user to taking an interest in the business. Yeah, another great question. Well, I, um, you know, for me, if I was feeling good, I wanted my family to feel just as good as I did. And so, um, you know, I put my my family on the products and my vice principal said there was a business opportunity and I really didn't understand what that meant. Uh, But I always had two and three jobs. Besides my counseling job, I was tutoring after school. I was waitressing on the weekends. And I actually had a cleaning business that I'd started years ago. Um, So for me, it was if I could earn more money, I was willing to take a look at the opportunity. And Mm -hmm. that's really what it was for me. I I just knew counseling wasn't going to give me the life that I I deserved. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. When you began to, let's say, pursue the business, did you relate to it right away or did you have to overcome some obstacles? Um, I don't know if I related to it. I, I, I love the products um, and I've always kind of been a hustler. So um, if I had something good, I wanted to share it. And I didn't have any like negative beliefs about network marketing because I really didn't know anything about network marketing. My mother actually had, she, she did Avon when I was a kid. I remember stuffing the bags with her. Um, but still I, I really didn't know anything about network marketing. So I didn't have like any, uh, negative connotation with it. As you began to get more involved and more of your energy and time went into it, how did your peers 
and family members react? Well, I mean, my family is... So my friends and my family, they've always known me to be doing something. You know, I was cleaning houses. I was waitressing. I was tutoring. I was always doing something. So to do another thing wasn't that foreign to them. And they've always supported me, even if they thought I was crazy. <laughs> That's just the bottom line. <laughs> Did any of them think you were crazy? Um, I found out after the fact that both my mother and my father, when I was retiring from my counseling job, told me they thought I was losing my mind, but they didn't tell me when it was happening, which was a great thing because it might have hindered my decision. <laughs> All right. All right. What I find fascinating is I followed your your trajectory, which is very inspiring because, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, for the longest time, were just building the business modestly. You didn't skyrocket to enormous success immediately, correct? Correct. I, yeah, absolutely not skyrocket. <laughs> so what beliefs had to change for you to create more success in network marketing? I guess what I'm asking is, how did you start changing your financial thermostat? Well, for me, it was a few things. Um, number one, I had no idea what I was doing. And so um, because I'm, I'm a teacher at heart and I'm extremely organized and structured, I knew I needed to have some kind of system so that I could follow it that wasn't so complicated. So, um, you know, not knowing what you're doing kind of slows you down, right? Because there's so many amazing tools and so many amazing stories and leaders and not just my company, but all in network marketing. So, you know, I was pulling from here and pulling from there and I was just confusing myself and overwhelming myself. So I created some simple systems, um, which kind of led me to uh, the success of my business now. So my first year, and another thing, Lois, I always, this is one of the things that I even tell my team, you know, I, I wasn't thinking I was going to become a millionaire in my network marketing business. What I, my first goal was just to stop waitressing. Like I just didn't want to do it anymore. Um, and so for me, it was bite-sized goals. Um, and so my first year I made $7,000 and I thought, all right, that's pretty good. 7,000 more than I had last year. But what really helped me was I hired a business coach because I realized that something wasn't working the way I knew that it could work because I would go to all these events and really events kept me in the game, staying plugged in. And I would listen to all these stories and I thought, well, if they could do it, I could do it. I never compared like, oh, well, that's because they're this or that. No, if they could do it, I could do it. I just needed to figure out what wasn't working for me. And so, you know, I had to change my dialogue with money. Um, I had to change, um, you know, the people that I was attracting into my business uh, those were the two most important things for me that, that changed everything. I love, um, love a lot of what you said. The thing about going at it in bite-sized goals, that is huge. Any top success coach will say that, that you've got to take bite-sized goals. If you are trying to do it all at once, you're going to overwhelm yourself. But the other thing, you said you had to change your dialogue about money. Could you give one specific example of a shift, because that is exactly changing a person's inner story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
There, you know, I the conversations that I would have with my business coach um, were around money, and I wasn't in debt. I actually had money in the bank. Um, I was making six figures. I had property, um, and I, you know, I used to. He used we used to go back and forth about leaving my job, and I thought I can't leave my job. What if I go bankrupt? And he would say, Why would you think that you're going to go bankrupt? And I thought, I, I don't know. You know, we, I have money in the bank. I have this. I have that. Um, but it was just the way I thought. Like, I needed to see it in, in the bank. Like, I didn't want to touch it. I wanted to make sure it stayed there. And what he said to me was, you know, entrepreneurs always create more. And so I was like, wow, yeah. Like, I just create more. Like, it was just so simple that it just kind of clicked for me. A light bulb went off and thought, no matter what, I'm always going to create more. That's huge. And I just realized we are definitely related. <laughs> because I had that, I still have that same kind of neurotic, you know, mm, I've got that money there, but what happens if I touch it? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, wow, that's great. What would you say were the biggest obstacles holding you back at the beginning from growing into your new, in your new, prof in your new profession? I would say the biggest obstacles were, were um, well, number one was, you know, working with people that didn't want what I wanted, that people who weren't committed and serious the way I was. Um, and so I might have continued to, to attract people like that, opposed to, you know, putting my energy out there. Uh, this, these are the types of people that I want to attract into my business. You know, people like me um, who, you know, want more for their for themselves, for their family, for their friends, you know, people who know that they deserve more than just going through life and saying, I can't wait to get through the day. So this is over. I hear that all the time. And it's mm. sad, sad, very sad to me. Mm -hmm. Now, how long before network marketing replaced and then surpassed your income in the school system? Um, well, you know, my first year was, like I said, 7,000. My second was 15. And then my third was 23. And then for me, my fourth was 64. And we all know that, you know, even though I was making six figures, I, I wasn't taking home six figures. <laughs> right. So, um, so 64,000, my four, fourth year to me was, I, I, I accomplished, you know, being able to retire from my job. And then once Honestly, Lewis, once I made that commitment to leave at that income, my business literally, I mean, just skyrocketed. That's, you know, my fifth year was 900. <laughs> Repeat that slowly for people because some of them are going to go, well, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Did she say $900? No. So your fourth year you earned in network marketing 64000 Correct. And your fifth year you earned? 900000 Wow. <laughs> Good for you. And so it was between the fourth and fifth year that you resigned from, from the school system. Yeah, I actually resigned before my business took off that way. Yeah, because it was necessary to give that up to yes. move, to, to start. Absolutely. Yeah, to, to actually spread your wings. I mean, that's that's what's so incredible about it. Wow, that, that is really, really exciting. Now, I would love for you to share the feelings when you no longer had to deal with the pettiness of school politics? Oh, my gosh. I mean, literally, you know, it's so funny. Um, 
I, <laughs> I wrote my letter of resignation and I ran to the post office, sent it certified return receipt because I wanted to make sure that they got it. And I never looked back. I just never looked back. I never, I never felt any loss. I never felt any um, angst. I like. I just didn't. I was just done. I knew I was just done. Uh, so I never just. I never thought about it again. It was just a freeing feeling for me. Mm. And so many people talk about wanting that, and I'm so glad that you're a person who's actually taken the steps to get it. Did you ever want to quit network marketing? No, never. You know, I never wanted to quit because quitting is just not an option for me. I, I, I mean, I, you know, one of the leaders in my company, Jimmy Smith, um, who many people may know, and he whispered in my ear literally seven years ago, the only way to fail is to quit. And I, I'm just, I'm not a quitter. And so even when it got, so uh, share with people because I'm sure there were moments like, you know, our friend Susan calls them wall kicking moments. Yes. When you were just so frustrated with, you know, what was happening or what wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. So in those moments, what did you use to keep you going? Well, what I, I mean, Susan's a great example because I plugged into all of her training calls. I would listen to two a day and it was multitasking. I was not getting ready to get ready because I knew that that wasn't going to get me anywhere. So you know, I stayed plugged in because I was so unhappy at my job that once I left, I was going to do everything that I could in order to build my business and keep me in a, in a you know, a, a positive state. So I, I stayed plugged in. I went to all events, no matter how far they were. I drove to them all. I flew. I, you name it, I did it to keep myself plugged in. And, and I think that's, you know, that's one of the big things that, that kept me in the game. I mean, I had some great mentors um, and I, you know, I remember saying, okay, so, you know, when does this start to happen? Like when, when do I start to make money? <laughs> <laughs> and that was, that was like a year into my business, but I was still, because I, you know, they would say, if you could you cycle this or earn this amount, you know, you can earn this amount. If you're going to earn that amount, you can earn this amount. And I kept thinking of the possibilities of, of that. And so again, staying plugged in, listening to stories you know, hearing other people's success stories and, you know, just following those people who are, who are doing it. That's mm. what kept me in the game. Fantastic. This is so good for people to know. If you, could you pinpoint maybe one or two specific things that you did to make a quantum leap in your earnings? I know the one you mentioned was actually making the decision to leave the school system, but were there any other tweaks, if you like, that helped you to make a quantum leap in your earnings? Um, yeah, I think that um, a lot of people get caught up in, um, in managing a team. And, uh, you know, what I did, literally, I want to say all day, you know, even when I was working or, you know, going about my day, I was prospecting. I knew what I had was a gift, physically, financially, I knew I had a gift. And so, it was reaching out to people every single day, and it wasn't one to two or three people. It was massive amounts of people in and, and any way I could. And I had just started, you know, I was using social media, which really helped my business tremendously. Um, I was literally walking the streets of Jersey City and Hoboken when I first started. 
I wanted everyone to know what I was doing, even if I was annoying them. <laughs> well, I like that. I like the fact that you just said that because I know what stops many people is how others perceive them. And it's sad because what they're doing is buying into somebody else's limiting story. So did you sometimes feel that from people that they were looking at you like, oh my God, here she is again? <laughs> Perhaps my family. I don't know. <laughs> um, like I said in the beginning, um, you know, everyone kind of knew that I was always going to be doing something. I, there was always something else that I was doing. And so I never really, I know that I was extremely persistent, perhaps annoying. I just didn't care because my why was so strong that um, I just, it was, I was blind to what other people were saying or thinking about me, even if they were or they weren't. And I don't really know because I never thought about it. To be honest with you, um, you know, it wasn't about them. It was about who I was going to become and who I could help in the process. You know what I love about that? It made me think of, um, uh, we're all familiar with uh, the great motivational speaker, Les Brown. And one of his favorite sayings is, what other people think of you is none of your business. <laughs> Absolutely. I love Les Brown. We actually had him at one of our team trainings. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, he is. He is. You can't help but smile and laugh oh, when, yes. when he's around. Then you want to go out to battle. He'll get you. To, he's amazing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm just curious. You shot from 64,000 to 900,000. Did this new level of success at any point scare you? No, I was excited. <laughs> I mean, I was just so excited about what I was able to do for my family and for myself. And I was, you know, I would sometimes like stare out, out the window of my apartment and, and just say, wow, like this is just incredible. So it wasn't, it was, it was like a, a level of excitement. There was never... I was never scared of success. I just, I wanted success. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned before that your why was very strong. And recently, very recently here in Toronto, I was in an event that Susan was training at. And she put it this way. I hadn't heard her say it like this before. She said, if your why isn't something that you will take a bullet for, it's not strong enough. Wow. So... What was that powerful, burning why that kept driving you? Well, in the beginning, it was, um, I was so, so unhappy in my job. I mean, I would, Sunday nights were anxiety coupled with depression. And then it, it wasn't even Sunday nights anymore. It was Sunday mornings. And, um, you know, I had just did not get along with my vice principal. I, I just, I was just really unhappy the last few years of my my job. And I didn't want to live like that on a daily basis. I didn't want to live for the weekends. I didn't want to live, you know, and say, I can't wait till this day is over because you just don't get the, you don't get a day back. So you want to live every day to its fullest. So for me, my unhappiness, um, is what drove me, uh, to want to, to be, want to do this and be, be successful. And then when I did, you know, I wanted my mother not to have to work anymore. Like, I just, you know, my mother's worked, I mean, I learned from her. She worked two and three jobs. My father, you know, two and three jobs. So 
for me, it was, you know, the next step was retiring my mother, which I did. Mm, that is beautiful. Wow. You know, you just said something else that we have in common. I didn't know <laughs> about that. For a short period of time, many, many years ago, I was teaching seventh grade English in the South Bronx. And I hated the environment there so much that on Sundays, I used to go through the day and feel a physical anxiety that was awful by nighttime. Yeah. And at the end of one semester, I just had to say, no more. I won't do this anymore. I really, really know what you're talking about. So, you know what? I don't even have to ask the other. I just mentioned that it's here, this question, because I know the answer already. Did you ever feel like sabotaging your success? And I'm sure the answer is no. No, it's not. Okay. It's, yeah. <laughs> now, what's beautiful is your sister, Tara, joined you in the business, and so did your three brothers, correct? Correct. Now, were they always believers in this? And supporters, or did they suddenly get excited as they saw you climb? Oh, no, it, it's interesting. They all joined at different times, um, and it was, <laughs> they're all funny stories. My sister, um, I actually bought my sister her first program um, because her health was not in the best condition. Um, I talked to her about the business, and she bought me on it. Um, my one brother, my brother Joseph, um, literally joined two other network marketing companies just to get me off his back. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> but they were all using the products. They were all using the products. So I just said, you know, stay on AutoShop and don't ever let your account go because I just, you know, I just always wanted to set them up for success even though they didn't know it. Um, and my other brother, um, Philip, is a jiu-jitsu competitor. So he got on the products for, for different reasons for, for that. And he was... Um, a police officer, and then my older brother, Michael, is a teacher. Um, and so they were all on the products, all joined me in the business at different um, times. My sister was the first. Um, and uh, then then my three brothers, you know, I mean, my brothers really joined both of us when, you know, they saw, you know, I'm like, are you ready? Are you ready? And then my sister and I literally text pictures, um, you know, to my brother of, you know, our bonuses. And so he's like, okay, I'm ready. You, 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 pictures of what? Our bonuses. Ah, <laughs> good for you. Yeah. Now, yeah. it's interesting. You said that Tara fought you at the beginning. What was the basis of her fighting? Um, I, she just didn't know what it, what it was, right? She, you know, she even said, you know, um, is this one of those things, you know, like one of those pyramid things. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about, but no, I, I, I have no idea. No, mm. this is not a pyramid thing. So, um, you know, but again, it was her, you know, her reason for joining me was, um, and you'll probably hear her story on, on other podcasts, but you know, she was bartending, she was going to school full time. She's, you know, an amazing fitness instructor. Um, and, she just wasn't living her passion. She, the bartending was just getting to her, and she just knew there was more for her life. And we had a conversation, you know, I'm not going to listen to this, you know, every weekend when you go to work. You either have to make a change um, or you have to find somebody else to complain to. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And that's when she said, it, can you help me replace this, you know, by this time? And I said, if you just 
you know, follow everything I say and, you know, be coachable and open. Yes. And that's how it started with her. And she's one of the top income earners. I know. It's wonderful. It's so oh, wonderful yeah. to see, you know, yes. um, what's what's <laughs> you know, what's interesting. You know, like you said, at the very, at, even your sister asked the question, is this one of those pyramid schemes? Because isn't it interesting, Alexis, how many people deny themselves, they don't know it, but they deny themselves a rich, exciting life because of ignorance and fear. Yes, 100%. Incredible. And and it's that reluctance to ever question those ignorant thoughts and assumptions that keeps them there. Yes. That's the thing about they're not willing to change their story. Absolutely. Can you describe some of the very specific changes in your life as a result of network marketing? Well, um, specific things uh, such as I, I'm, you know, I'm traveling um, and doing things that I've always dreamed of doing. Um, I've always been on a spiritual path. And so I remember in my early 20s saying, God, if I had the freedom and the money to continue that path and go wherever I needed to go in order to continue to grow, I was going to do it. And so now I'm able to do that. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm able to take, you know, take care of my, my parents, you know, all of us take care of my, my parents because they deserve that. They, I mean, they, they raised all five of us. I think they deserve that. Um, so, you know, being able to to really just do whatever I want. And that, that makes me happy. Like that's the, that's the most important thing, doing things that make me happy, not because I have to do them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause you do them by choice. Now you said to, you, you were wanted at one time with just a dream to be able to pursue things that would enhance your spiritual growth. So can you talk about one specific thing that you are able to do now that you are doing that you weren't able to do before your income was what it is? Well, travel to different places for, you know, different spiritual leaders and personal development leaders. I can, you know, I've, these past couple of months, I've done so much of that and it's just exhilarating. Well, you know, I'm glad you brought up personal development because some people who are, chained to jobs, look at that whole movement of seminars and personal growth as um, a hoax. They look at it as a scam. They look at it as woo-woo. What is your take on personal development and who would be the, the, the thought leaders that have impacted you the most? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, personal development for me is, is, is everything. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am without you know, personal development and spiritual journey. That's just how I feel. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to Mexico for Dr. Joe Dispenza's advanced workshop. Um, I'm going this weekend for Ilana Van Zandt to spend the weekend with 15 women and her. I mean, that to me is just incredible. I've been following her for over 20 years. What's her name? Ilana Van Zandt. Okay. Um, I just got back from a, a Bikram yoga retreat in Mexico. Uh, you know, um, I mean, there's just so many. I mean, Jeffrey Combs has been my business coach, and he's just been amazing for me. And Andy Murphy's my NLP coach. Like, I'm never going to stop the, the journey of, of that part 
think that's the most important part that helps us grow as human beings. What about some of the bigger celebrity names in uh, the personal development world, like in the obvious one, Anthony Robbins? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, Les Brown, I've been listening to for years. We had him in our training. Um, uh, you know, Jack Canfield, his success principles uh, was one of the, the first books um, that really changed my life. I remember specifically where I was reading it. Um, it you know, there, oh my gosh, there's just so many, um, just so many. I can't even, I, I literally travel around for all of them. <laughs> just curious, do you have Netflix? I just got Netflix. Look for the documentary. Anthony Robbins, I am not your guru. I'd watched it. I Isn't it amazing? It's like it was just powerful. Mm-hmm. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Talk a little more about how your success has impacted the people closest to you, like your parents. What changes have you been able to make in their lives that have enriched them? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm able to take my mother. Um, we just came back from Asheville, North Carolina um, for uh, an event. Um, you know, I'm able to travel with my mother and have her see places that she's never seen before. Um, my father uh, got ill um, two years ago, and he was a barber his whole life, and we had to get rid of the barber shop. And so, uh, you know, we, our whole family, we always say if we didn't have network marketing, all of us would have to get two jobs extra from what we were doing in order to help them because how, how, how do people survive, right? Social security is just not going to cut it. Absolutely. And you know, people listening to this, if you've been ever flirting with network marketing and don't fully understand it, uh, maybe been exposed to some of the weird, ignorant media coverage on it, notice that in everything that Alexis is talking about, you haven't heard her say, well, it's enabled me to have six Cadillacs or, you know, uh, a diamond ring on every finger. Sure, she can get those things, but that's not what is the enrichment for her. The enrichment is what the different level of choice has made in her life and the impact that she's been able to have on the lives of the people that she loves the most and even people she doesn't know. Uh, we'll get into that in a moment as well. What are your greatest strengths and weaknesses as a network marketer? My greatest strengths, um, I would say, uh, is I'm extremely organized and structured and disciplined. And my biggest weaknesses are that I think everyone is organized, structured, and disciplined. <laughs> <laughs> And so when you find out they're not, how do you react? <laughs> I'm quite puzzled, Lewis. <laughs> you know, it's just the way I grew up. So I, I don't understand how people don't function in that kind of world. So, you know, but it all it's all about, you know, understanding that everybody's different, right? And, and meeting people where they are and, and having patience. And one of the things that helped me was, you know, with that was my counseling job, working with teenagers, <laughs> Well, you know, yeah, I have a confession to make. This is one point where you and I are not the same. <laughs> I am, um, I rebel against organization and it doesn't serve me well. I got to admit that. And um, my discipline comes in fits and starts. So, yeah, uh, 
I maybe I need to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> you really should talk to my mother. <laughs> so she she's the one. She's really good she at it. She is the one. She is the one. All of us. I mean, you know. And and another thing is, you know, that you know, what's it's not just the success or the things that I can do for my parents, but my brother. You know, all three of my brothers. My brother was a police officer retired, um, where he was unhappy for years, you know, conforming to that type of job. It just wasn't who he was. And my other two brothers are teachers and my one brother has two nephews, my two little boys who now he gets to do things with them that he was never able to do before his network marketing business. So all three of my brothers, my sister, like it's just, it's a family affair. I say it all the time. So it's just changed everything. And you're right. I, I can buy diamond earrings and I love nice things. But what brings me the greatest joy is, you know, being able to do the things that that make me happy and to see other people happy. That's it may sound like cliche and oh, yeah, sure. But being able to travel and just grow as a human being is most important to me. Oh, no, it doesn't sound cliche to me at all. It sounds absolutely wonderful and blessed and special. Now, when you were a guidance counselor, what were the main kinds of issues that you helped kids with? Oh, well, I mean, it depends on what school system. So I was in inner city, so it was a lot more emotional counseling um, than academic, for sure. Um, you know, I did college preparation, which is the part that I didn't really enjoy the most. Um, but, you know, there were kids who came from, um, you know, poor um, homes and, you know, uh, no parents, single parents, abuse, and, you know, things like that when you work at an inner city school. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that because uh, the school that I had to get away from was truly an inner city school, mm-hmm. South Bronx. Yes. And it was a war zone. And uh, the kids, although they were good kids, brought so much baggage from their environment that it was, uh, it was really sad to see. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Very sad. Would you say that your work as a guidance counselor helped to prepare you in any way for network marketing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, patience. And, you know, having patience and understanding everyone is different, um, even though I'd, I'd love for everyone to be structured, organized, and disciplined. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the way it works. Um, but you have to have patience because if you, you know, if you don't have patience and you don't teach and train people um, in a simplistic way, it, this business could be overwhelming and frustrating. And, um, and that's why people quit because they're just so overwhelmed. So you have to like, ha- you just have to have patience. And, um, that's what, you know, my counseling job and, and my teaching job taught me. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. I look at what skills are necessary in network marketing and, um, they're definitely the, uh, coaching, and teaching are much, much more important than selling, as I think you would agree with that. Well, yeah. And, and, well, and then I also, on the other side, my waitressing job really taught me the skills of selling because, you know, I wanted a bigger tip. So, right. um, you know, having a poor dialogue with, with sales will also hinder you. So it, it's really coupled with the coaching and the teaching and the training and patience, but understanding um, you know, we sell all day long, right? Even parents sell to their kids. I mean, you know, spouses sell to each other <laughs> emotionally, right? So it, having that, that um, positive um, 
you know, connotation of sales is really important because if you don't understand that there's a transaction at the end, it's going to hinder you from, and you know, you deserve, everyone deserves, you know, to have the best life. And those people that you're selling to deserve to have what it is you're selling. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Our world is changing so rapidly, especially with the um, emergence of and the growth of digital technology. So because you used to guide kids, give them advice, now that you've experienced this world of network marketing, which basically is a, a different kind of economy, are there things that you would say differently to young kids today than you would have before you were a network marketer, if kids were kind of looking for a way in the world? Well, I mean, absolutely. What you can and, and can't say, what you want to say, and what, you know, what you're able to say are two different things in, in education. But, um, you know, kids come out with so much debt and and. I've seen it over and over where kids come back and they don't have jobs and they have, you know, over $100,000 in debt. And so, you know, um, I believe in college. I believe in education. Um, I, I think it helps with, you know, your journey, right, your, your personal growth journey and, and, um, and discipline and being organized and structured and all those things you learn going to school. It's not for everybody. Um, but, you know, having maybe talking a little more about, you know, being an entrepreneur, um, and learning the real skills of the world opposed to, you know, just the books. I totally agree. I was a teacher in university for many, many years, and I definitely give people different advice, especially when they tell me, well, you know what, I'm, uh, I'm not making a living. I'm going to go back to school. And my first question to them is, well, okay, but why? Have you really identified why you're going back? Because if you think it's going to be the road to financial bliss, you'd better Give it some more thought. Right. You know, because as we know today, people could easily be studying for something that won't even exist by the time they graduate and have to pay off their student debt. Yeah, absolutely. It's, It's incredible, you know. Now, I read something in your bio that really intrigued me. Can you elaborate a bit about, you said you were looking to start, is it, like you said, a spa experience, a resort experience around NLP? Could you talk about that? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, first it's the charity um, for teens, for underprivileged teens, um, based around NLP, a retreat um, where we, we're going to put them in um, in a, a space so they feel wealth and abundance um, and change their state. Uh, and it's going to encompass, you know, a spiritual um, aspect, a financial aspect, teaching them entrepreneurial skills um, and, of course, you know, uh, the movement part, you know, exercise and fitness. Um, so that that's the first part, and then moving it into entrepreneurs. So, you know, one of the things that, that I've been searching for is always looking for, you know, I go on a lot of retreats, and then I, I open the door to the to not even the hotel, to the room, and it's like a slab of cement. <laughs> and so I'm, I said there has to be like a five-star, you know, res- not resort retreat, like resort retreat where you're going to learn all these amazing skills and be put in this, this state of wealth and abundance. Um, and so why not create one? That is beautiful, Alexis. And this is a charity, yes? Yeah, the first thing um, we, we actually just started is our charity. Um, it's called Millionaire Mindset for Teens. 
Um, and so um, we're building that the same way around NLP and, and the spiritual aspect for entrepreneurs, for, for teens that they'll never be exposed to in their own environment. I love it. Tell us a little more about how it works. Yeah. What we're going to do is we have um, different um, different organizations that work with underprivileged teens, and they'll be doing the interviewing process, and we'll take between 10 and 15 teens from those different organizations, such as the Boys and Girls Club and some local organizations that are here in New Jersey. That must be so gratifying. Absolutely. I mean, that's I love working with teens. I just, again, just didn't like the politics. <laughs> Well, no, I know, I know. The politics are so petty and uh, counterproductive. I mean, well, we won't even get into that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, where, oh yeah, I wanted to ask you a bit about that. You helped to build a school in Africa. Yeah, our whole team, um, we, Pencils for Promise, um, we built the school in Africa. Uh, we raised $25,000. Uh, and it's actually completed. We, we had the pictures. Uh, we got everything sent to us. So uh, eventually we'll go over there. It's a plaque with our team name on it, um, which is pretty amazing. So Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Alexis, where do you envision yourself in five years? Oh, wow. Well, I am always going to be building my network marketing business because it brings me joy and other people, right? I mean, there's so many people out there that, that need and deserve what we have. Um, and just continue working on my personal development and spiritual journey, um, you know, working on the charity. And I really want to expand the charity into different areas. So, um, and I eventually would like to write a book. Do you have a specific topic in mind? Um, I do, but I'm not going to share that with you just yet. No, don't, don't. If you're, not, if, you, if you're not ready to, absolutely don't, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued a lot, especially because I operate in chaos. Uh, your organizational quality. Could you briefly give us a, a, a snapshot of your daily, a daily method of operation when you're work in working mode for your, your business? Yeah, absolutely. So um, for me... I'm a visual person, um, and I have six-foot whiteboards in my office, um, and I have a small monthly calendar that's open on my desk and my daily planner that if anyone saw, they would laugh because it's nothing fancy. Um, it's very simple. I, I always plan my, my day the night before. I plan out all my events for the month so I know exactly what I'm doing, where I'm going, if there's any traveling to be done. Um, and all of my three-way calls, um, all of my prospecting, it's just everything is planned out because I can't function <laughs> in chaos. And I don't like the feeling of being overwhelmed because it gives me anxiety. In terms of prospecting, do you have a set time every day that you devote to that? Uh, I used to when I was working full time because I, I had to. Uh, but now, you know, prospecting for me is just all the time. I don't want to I don't want to say like, you know, 24 seven, I don't sleep. I'm prospecting, but I'm always connecting with people. So I may be doing prospecting like set times throughout the day. But I'm also when I'm I'm out and about, I'm just always connecting with people. So to me, that's 
prospecting. I'm always building relationships. Um, you know, whether they're interested in what I'm doing or not, I'm still building relationships and connecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm totally aware of that. Um, it's certainly part of my uh, my approach as well. What are your favorite books? Oh, well, the one of the books that, you know, I really changed, I remember I, I said earlier, I remember reading uh, Jack Canfield's Success Principles. Um, it was my last year of my job sitting in the hallway during state testing. <laughs> and I remember reading that book within three days. Um, and it just changed everything for me. That's just really like a light bulb went off for me. And so that's definitely one of my favorite books. Yeah, I would agree. It's a very, very powerful book. And do you have any favorite quotes that jump to mind? Well, the one quote that Jimmy Smith whispered in my ears literally changed my life. The only way to fail is to quit. We all love Jimmy Smith. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yes, indeed. How can people contact you? What websites, for instance, um, could they find out more about you at? Um, they could go to 10x.alexisromano.com. So it's 10x.alexisromano.com. 10, 10 it's 10, the letter X. Now, 10 is the uh, the word 10 or the number? No, it's the number 10. Okay. The letter X and then dot Alexis, A-L-E-X-I-S-R-O-M-A-N-O.com. Yes. Okay. Um, and then also on Facebook. Um, they can connect with me on Facebook. What's that wonderful site that has the poll in it? Oh, yes. So, and Lewis, if you're interested, we'll be having some co-ed classes, I'm sure. Um, so, uh, thrivefitness.com. Uh, so, it's thrive-fitness.com. And then it's body, soul, and poll.com. T-H-R-I-V-E dot com. Thrivefitness.com. The other site is body, soul, and poll.com. Alexis, are there any final words that you would love to leave people with? Think of people also who may be not happy with where they are. Maybe they've heard about network marketing. Maybe they haven't. They're thinking about exploring something new. What would be anything that you wanted to say to them? Well, I mean, I think one of the, you know one of the most important things is, is your happiness. And this is not a dress rehearsal, right? Life is not a dress rehearsal. Uh, we don't get a second chance. And so why not pursue something that could literally change your life and bring so much joy and bliss to you that, but you have to be passionate about it. So you want to find something that you're passionate about and it doesn't ha it's not going to happen overnight and you have to work at it and you have to put your time and effort into it. But I always say it's about inspired action and not like forced action. Mm. Wow, I love that. That was a gem. Inspired action, not forced action. Alexis, thank you so much for everything you've contributed here today. And no small part of it was the fun that you brought to the interview. Thank you so much, Lewis. This, is, this was fun. I really appreciate you having me on, on this podcast. Well, it's a mutual admiration society. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, everyone, who tuned in live today to be enriched by Alexis Romano. If you get value from this podcast, that means that you appreciate the power of story to influence your happiness, your income, and every other aspect of your life. 
And guess what? I have created a free ebook as a special gift to you for listening to this entire episode. The book is called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life in Business. When you read it, you will learn how to communicate more strongly and clearly with yourself and others, to really get clear about what you want economically, spiritually and emotionally, and importantly, how to express that to the world so that you get those things. Go to changeyourstorypodcast.com and download your free ebook. It's Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. Now, talking about books, Alexis mentioned the success principles by Jack Canfield. It is a life-changing book. You also, as a listener to this podcast, can get that as an audiobook absolutely free from Audible. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. That's www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. You'll be able to get the success principles for free if that's your choice, or you can choose any other book from 180,000 titles, plus you will get a one-month free trial of Audible's amazing service. Now, during the next week, Alexis left you with many gems. Focus on one particularly. She spoke about taking inspired action in your life. So ask yourself this. Is there a limiting story that's holding you back? If there is, that means that you're still a spectator instead of a player in your own magnificent life. You can change that quickly by taking some form of inspired action, by changing your story. Begin by simply asking this empowering question, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.